0: It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh podcast. Yeah. Hello hello and welcome to the keith walsh podcast my name is keith walsh i am the presenter of the keith walsh podcast um they were trying to get marty morrissey to do it but uh, he's not available so they had to uh, go with me the keith walsh for the keith walsh podcast sorry about that everybody how are we all doing what's the story what's the crack it is thursday uh in the middle of weirdness um the date is the 7th of january we are in lockdown once again and uh yeah weirdness continues weird 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 um the government at the beginning of the week said uh, schools will be definitely going back by uh within 48 hours no the schools won't be going back but the six years will be going back for three days a week which seemed to be something someone just pulled out of their arse like why three days a week like why not five days what's the fucking difference and why six years and why is it okay for them i mean i was trying to I was talking to my daughter who is a six-year student and supposed to be trying to sit or leave insert this year and uh, i said look i get it because you know if nfed are saying the schools are okay and it's all right to have students in there that's not the problem schools are safe this is what you know the government are saying and uh, not me uh schools are safe so it's okay to, the, the reason the schools are closed is to keep traffic off the road and to keep people at home that's why um they're sco- closing schools not because the schools aren't safe so you know, we we'll keep most of the schools closed, most of the pupils away, but six years to be allowed in and schools are safe, so go on in. Um, and then somebody made a point, what if, because six years are mostly 18, 17, 18, 16, 17, 18, 19. You, uh, adults, what if, you know, a class, so 25 in the classroom plus teacher, 26, if you rang up a place, a hotel and said, I need a room for 26 people for a conference, they would laugh you out of, they'd probably call the guards and have you arrested but because it's a school it's safe we, and nobody knows how that works and if they could just find that technology that makes the school safe and makes it okay to have 26 27 adults in a room but sure then we'd get rid of the whole fucking thing it would be grand um so anyway then they just this afternoon they decided no no actually we were wrong about the schools, the sixth year's going back. Nobody's going back. And they're going to talk about whether the leave insert is going out or not. They seem to be, they're like a dog with a bone with the fucking leave insert. Like, just cancel it. Who gives a shit? It's an exam. It doesn't matter. Like, life will go on. We're so bloody attached to this leave insert thing that if we don't do the leave insert, everything will explode. You know, nothing will work. But how will they get into university? How? Let the universities figure that out. Let them figure out how they get the people that they need into the schools to fill their their massive campuses that they make lots of money from. Like, let them figure. Don't put the stress on the pupils. It's like, oh, no, but somebody has to... So the, all the 18, 17, 16, 17, 18-year-olds have to sort this problem out, do they? They're the ones that have to worry about it. Not the universities. Oh, no, no, the students... It's not the university's job to decide who goes where. Well, it should be. Let them figure it out. They can do interviews. Fucking hell. Put the pressure on them. My God. And of course, I'm the father of a Leaving Cert student, so... Of course, I'm going to rant about it, but I just... You know, it's a, it's a scam, isn't it? Get your points. Go into university. Most... I, when I say most, I don't have any facts and figures. I'm just pulling sh- things out of my... Thoughts out of my arse now at the moment. How many people finished their course in university having chosen it as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old? And... Never, ever, ever do anything with geology or rock formations or geography or. Tech in, go and working. I don't know, civil service, like no, loads. Of it's just like, I mean, and look, don't get me wrong. You should go to university because it's a great experience and you learn a lot from it, not necessarily in lectures or, you know, your degree won't necessarily help you in life, but you learn a lot from it and everyone should go to university. Um. When my daughter asked me about college, I mostly talked to her about, um, you know, places she should go to university, not courses. Like, you should definitely try and get to go; That'd be cool. Or Trinity, that'd be cool, because it's in the city centre. It's a really nice building. It's got a really good history. and But even like UCD, I was like, oh, that's good. It's a good school, UCD. Yeah, DCU is cool, you know, but you're kind of, you know, you're not, you know, it's Trinity would be better because you're in the town, you know. Get the train up. This is me, like, pic- picture myself. Living my life vicariously through my child. You get the train up, you know. Walk up the keys if you... You know, if you're trying to save a few quid so you can have a drink afterwards. But anyway, yeah, you should definitely go to university. But Jesus Christ, like, stop. With the pressure on... And the, and, and, and the teachers as well. The teachers. A lot of pressure on the teachers to sort this out. Or to, to just turn around to teachers and say, yeah, no, actually, you know what? Get the six years in. Even though it's not safe for anybody else to go to school, get the six years in. And the teachers of the six years get them in as well It'd be grand thankfully they all sense. Sounds... anyway that's my rant out of the way i have to get this intro done get it recorded get it edited get it out because it is a chat with kevin McGahorn. kevin McGarn, tv presenter um sometimes mistaken for the presenter of breakfast republic because he presented at the republic of telly so everybody just thought well they must have just lock stock and barrel moved everybody kevin burner jen and now there's keith burner jen on the breakfast show which must have been confusing for people but um that's what happened kevin got confused got confused for me and i got mistaken for him um but he's a, a stage actor television actor film actor television presenter stand-up comedian um very nice fella uh, i was writing something uh i'd started writing something that ended up becoming I suppose this the, the one man show, but it was, it was some stand up I was trying to work out and he helped me uh, a good bit with that. So he's he's always good to to give people a dig out if they need it. Um, he's got a new show starting on RTE tonight. It's on half past nine. I'm pretty sure it's RTE one. Um, let me just actually check that while I'm here. It's called Clear History. It's definitely on RTE and there's a thing there Oh, RT2 brand new RT2 series uh, a new comedy panel show clear history fronted by Kevin McGarren with team captains Joanne McNally and Colin Murphy um, it's a new RT2 series which will rewrite the past in the name of comedy weekly guests will be asked about comically cringy moments from their personal histories on public display um, so basically you talk about something terrible that you did in your life and uh, that'll clear your history and that's it it's funny Saw some clips of it today uh, on the telly. And uh, Lynn Ruan is one of the guests. I think Bernard O'Shea is on as well. Uh, Plenty of good guests. Looks like good crack. Hope it does well. Um, And good to see uh, RT doing the investing in the comedy panel shows again. Uh, Because they got scared off there for a while. Um, So anyway, so Kevin spoke to me in November. And I thought tonight might be a timely time to get this out. We talked about everything from therapy to wearing your hat backwards for, for to me being too old to being on TikTok to disappointing your parents. Uh, he had some great news. He's going to be a dad. He could be a dad at this stage. I feel like I should know these things, but I don't. Um, and congratulations, Kevin, if you are. And um, we talked about everything. Everything embarrassing moments, obviously cringy moments because we were talking about clear history. And... Uh, The pandemic, being a comedian, at a weird time like this. That's all I have to say. Let me check this. Uh, Oh yeah, one more thing. He uh, wrote uh, an episode of the Hardy books that didn't get made. But I was saying that, uh, as as you'll hear in the chat, it could have been a feckin' the Hardy books film, the next Hardy books film script, and uh, very apt for the time that we're living in. Oh, slagging off well-known people. Yeah, because he was on Republic Italian. I was on. Breakfast Republican, we, we slag off people. I mentioned Ronan Keating, and he mentioned a few people, and you know, it's, it's kind of you don't feel proud about it. Ultimately, that's just the job you're given at the time. Anyway, I got to go get this done. Enjoy it is episode fifty of the Keith Walsh podcast. How far we've come already? Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, I'll be back for a little bit of a chat after this. Enjoy it is Kevin McGarren episode fifty of the Keith Walsh podcast. Enjoy.
2: Yeah, how's my gain? How's my gain? You sound beautiful One, two, three Sweet Best investment Can you hear my wife sneezing? Is
0: that a sneeze? Yeah, okay yeah. Right. You, There's not somebody dying behind you in your house No, I don't think so That's fair enough uh, Hang on, till I just uh, Will I close the door? I won't close the door Ah, jeez, I won't Be grand
2: um, How are you getting on, anyway? Not too bad, lad Not too bad at all well, thank you very much for uh,
0: for taking the time out of your busy schedule.
2: I should look at uh, my schedule is odd. I have um, I'm very busy at times and then I feel totally uh, I feel like Aladdin the Dole. How does, doing how, nothing.
0: How does that make you feel, Kevin? How does
2: that? Make it's you feel? actually thanks, Joe, uh, for taking my call. It's uh, it's wonderful. I think it's a great way to be. It's, it suits me anyway. It probably would drive other people mad. But I do love—I um, love bursts of work and bursts of laziness, uh, where you can just work like a lunatic until you get like an eye infection, and then you play a PlayStation game for about a week. That's my kind of ideal of heaven. There's a there's a, a religious group called the Jains, um, who believe that their afterlife is every day you pass through heaven and hell. So you don't actually get to either heaven or hell, but you get both every single day. That kind of I like the idea of that. I think I'd get bored of heaven.
0: So do they believe that the that's the afterlife or do they believe that this is the afterlife?
2: Uh I see what you're I see what you're getting at there, Keith. Um uh, they believe that's the afterlife. Their version of like when you die, you pass through heaven and hell every single day.
0: I do remember trying to explain my ideal job to someone I was very young and I realised I would have been well suited to working on the movies because I was like, I just want, I want to work somewhere, I want to travel, mm. work somewhere for six months, like non-stop, you know, 24 hours a day and then have like six months off somewhere else. That's,
2: I'm the exact same. It's ideal because um, I'm inherently lazy, but then I get bored. Mm-hmm. so um, yeah working on films is great because you can now unfortunately you know I'm not getting um I'm not I'm not in Morocco for six months it's usually like I'm in Sligo for a month and a half <laughs> so it's not exactly that glamorous especially during Covid like I was working on a shoot there in Clare and um, with Covid like you know should the, the pubs close down halfway through the shoot so you're just stuck in a hotel room heating pizza on your iron, you know? What? So much crack.
0: You mentioned Sligo there. They're after getting an awful hammering, aren't they? By the, the CEO of Air. He, uh, she, should I say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I thought that was possibly the, the, the craziest and most hilarious excuse you could ever give for your services breaking down.
0: She basically Did said... You just
2: basically, bitch, basically, basically... Yeah, go on.
0: She basically <laughs> said when we op- we opened in Sligo, we didn't realise that the people of Sligo didn't have the wherewithal to manage a fucking... Uh, like, uh, a call centre. Uh, yeah. And they didn't have the skills. Now...
2: We didn't realise the, the pure thickness of Sligo people. We
0: didn't realise how stupid they were. <laughs> we knew they were stupid. <laughs> We'd seen the Hardy books and we knew it was stupid. Oh, that's Mayo.
2: Oh, yeah, no, the Sligo boys in the Hardy books as well.
0: The Sligo boys. But... um. Do you know how much these people would have been getting paid? have a clue. Between twenty and twenty three grand a year. Which ones? The people that they expected to be fucking brilliant, whatever the fucks. Yeah. Like, sorry, if you're if you're going to start to expect someone to do a job for a year for twenty to twenty three grand, mm. I would think you should give them a lot of training with that money. Like that that it's on you. To make sure no, totally totally like
2: it's i, I honestly don't I, I don't think there's ever been an excuse like that given for a, a fuck up from a company like it just it doesn't happen no like if you're like i'm sorry i just i thought the people would be smarter it's such a it's a crazy excuse to give
0: here's the thing but also though, hilarious here's the thing though if they came in and they were offering a hundred grand a year for people to mm. do that job. Then they could be like, "Oh, we were paying 100 grand, we expect you to Yeah,
2: it. of course. They were giving them peanuts and then expecting them not to be monkeys. <laughs>
0: Ridiculous. Poor old Sligo. Fucking hell. I had to get a hard out, Bash. Lovely spot. Lovely Great. place Great.
2: the country um, to visit in case there's any Sligo listeners getting pissed <laughs> off at us. I mentioned W-B- Sligo. WB Yeats. That big Sligo. old mountain. Is it Ben Bulbin? Or is that Mayo? That's old? Uh,
0: he's also poet, Ben Bulbin. The Sugarloaf.
2: Uh, They've got that bread mountain, don't they?
0: Is that is that Mayo? Yeah, it looks amazing, doesn't it? When you're or Sligo, when you're driving at it, it, it looks. amazing. Yeah, in the wing mirror. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. The um, I talked about Sligo. I just recorded a podcast with a fella called Mooncho Ray, who's one of the lads who teaches on the you know the way that they did school on RTE during the lockdown. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He sounds like a rapper. Ray. Mooncho Ray.
0: Well, Do you know what? He's big into his hip hop. No way. Serious hip hop head, and we end up talking about. A Sligo ba- hip hop act. Uh, they had a song out called "Billy Nomads." I think they're called "This Side Up," and uh, you should check them out. I want you to write down this. Side You're up.
2: obviously big into rap as well. For the listeners at home, Keith is wearing a, a baseball cap backwards. Now it's stretched to the full capacity. Um, he's got a, clearly got a very large head, or a child's baseball cap because there's three um, there's three buttons. If I'm not mistaken. Just holding that onto your head, I'm, and uh, it's bright yellow. It's like Simpson skin yellow.
0: I had to go out to the last. Uh, it's it's my merch.
2: Oh, you're you're flogging your own merch. Yeah,
0: on my own podcast.
2: Keith I Walsh people, is pure mental high. Hey. The per- merch Fair play that, to
0: you that people can't see. You know, um,
2: that's that's how George Lucas made his money. You're you're on the ball there.
0: <laughs> no, no one will go to see the show, but they'll all want a hat. that's my plan that's my plan um so yeah so you're surviving lockdown anyway you're 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 you're, are you are you were you built for this and like let's not the thing i say to people is this is all relative so we don't have to we understand there's other people who are finding it tough there's always other people who are finding these things Hmm. we're only ever talking from our own perspective so you don't have to excuse yourself if you enjoy if you're enjoying lockdown or how no i get
2: you um I suppose it happened for me it happened at a fortunate time in my life um, like I think if I was 25 and single I'd probably be going up the walls um, or experimenting with various chemicals um, I think it yeah, it happened at a time where I was kind of starting to wind down anyway like I do miss the pub I'm a bit of I'm a pub man Keith I did enjoy um, there's nothing I enjoy more than even just going into a pub by myself and especially if you have a book or something.
0: Hello. I was taking the... What happened
2: there?
0: I don't know. I was taking the time to eat my lunch, which comes in a big bowl.
2: <laughs> what are you eating? Nuts and berries. It's wow, big, very healthy looking.
0: Big ball of green shite.
2: Um, looks like an exploded rabbit. That looks gorgeous. <laughs> uh,
0: so it came in an opportune
2: time. Um, I suppose yeah like the first now the first month was rough oh yeah um,
0: you said you liked the pub
2: I loved the pub I loved it was sort of um, yeah almost a pastime um, head in have a have a big book with you uh, use the book to hide your phone as you just text people um, and it was lovely now I wasn't an, I'm not an alcoholic but um, <laughs> 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 do I I do drink frequently, just in smaller smaller amounts. Uh, so yeah, the first month was rough. I was like, how the hell are we going to get through this? So we basically just treated it like being in a bunker during a war uh, with Germans bombing you and that kind of thing. So we watched a lot of films, um, drank like we were at a festival. Then... Um, so was it? Was uh,
0: it was yeah, it, was I don't it, know. You just
2: kind of got used to it. like. Huh? It, Go on. Can you just tell
0: me about your drinking habits during this time? I want, I want.
2: At the start, it at the start it was basically like electric picnic, um, for about a month, and like not even, not even like a slab of cans. Like we were drinking fancy, like we were making cocktails, because we weren't spending money on anything else. we were like, let's get a bottle of tequila, let's make some um, margaritas and stuff. Like every, it was a new experimental alcoholic phase. (laughs) Uh, and then we had to knock that in the head because it was just kind of getting out of hand. We realized this was going to last for longer than a month. Um, but I got fortunate enough. I I started doing the painting thing on Instagram.
0: Yeah, can you um, tell me how that? I, can you tell me how? I mean, obviously you're 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 a talented artist. First,
2: not really. no no, I'm not. <laughs> well, you can. Uh, no, you,
0: you can you can do make a good fist of painting someone's face.
2: Yeah, um, I suppose I, I, well, I was looking at, like, because no comedians could do Anton. Everyone was stuck at home. And then I noticed that, like, basically people were, like, looking for other skills they had. So, like, Grode Farley was doing, like, a bacon show. And um, Alison was doing, like, the co-video parties. So um, I was like, what the hell can I bring to the table? So I just started painting on a Friday evening. Uh, silly stuff like painting your favourite Fair City character or painting a portrait of your favourite barman. Um and then yeah, I got to make a a, a show on the RT player where you like interview celebrities and paint their portrait. And like little things like that kind of came about. But it was I, I can see like it's very easy to, to get down and to go, oh Jesus, what's the point of doing that and but I always find like if you you try something like, it may not go anywhere, but it could lead. To, it'll always lead to something else, like you know. So I was lucky enough in that front.
0: So you had the. Uh, so How pen- have
2: you been finding it?
0: Um. Well, this isn't about me, Kevin. Uh. Let me see. I. have really. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. I. But like I've kind of had a year of sorting my head out with therapy and all this kind of stuff. So. Uh, I was <laughs> explaining to somebody else. I was ready. For, this is. I was ready for it. Like I. Like a lot of people. Uh, lockdown hit them like a ton of bricks because they were like, I fucking live with people I don't like in a house I don't like, and who are these children? Mm. I like, and I normally get to, <laughs> I normally get to leave the house for ten hours a day, and fuck this shit. Uh, it, like, yeah, it hit a lot of people who weren't ready for it and weren't ready for. Like, I get what you're saying about if it had happened in your early twenties, if this had happened to me when the kids were very small, or. Uh, I, I like. I really feel for people who have like kids. Like my my brother-in-law has three kids under the age of five or six, seven, maybe. Hmm.
1: Uh,
0: I mean, they seem to be managing well, but they live in Port Marnock by the beach, so that sort of helps, and they're good at getting out and about. But um, I think I was just ready for it. So when it hit, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is fucking this is perfect." Now it was like, it was, I... like, it was like those times, you know, you know, snow days where you can't get to work, or you can't get to school, and you're just snowed in. But it yeah. went on. It went on for as far as the eye could see, and it was just beautiful. It was just blissful. Uh, I, I, like I really, I got to a point where I really appreciated my family. I really loved them. I felt very comfortable in my surroundings. I felt very content in myself, and I was just like, "Yeah, I could just lit- literally sit here in my own shit for however." long. And come
2: here, um you 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 had such a beautiful beautiful thought, and then you ended so obscenely. Um, and Kamir how did therapy help with that?
0: Because uh, I was the type of person who, like, I didn't really know, I didn't really know what the fuck I liked or didn't like, or I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't find my emotions handy to get at. I wasn't readily in in touch with myself. I know that sounds a bit wanky, but uh, kind of a year. It does, yeah, go on. A year of therapy sort of got me to a place where I was... I was content, you know, when, you know, when people talk about looking Mm. for happiness, well, I found a place of contentment where I could sit in my house and be like, yeah, I like all this stuff. I like, I like where I am in life. I like what's going on. Everything's good. Whereas a year ago, I was full of desperation, anger, frustration, confusion. You know, I didn't know what the fuck, who I, what the fuck was going on, you know, Uh, Mm. just been through a lot of shit and I just couldn't, I was desperate. And and that's how the therapy helped me figure all that out, you know.
2: Funny you say that. I I was in a similar place last year. Um, same kind of thing. Looking forward, not really sure what's around the corner, and uh, not enjoying your own skin, I suppose. Um, like I tried therapy and I couldn't. I couldn't take to it at all. I don't know what it is. I I I, I kept overanalyzing everything I said before it came out of my mouth. And I couldn't get away from the idea that um, everything I say right now is going to be analysed. But I can choose to say something else and give off a completely different uh, uh, reading. And I remember at one point, first of all, I I, I, I think I needed, maybe it's just from watching too much Sopranos. But I was like, I I, kind of want a woman therapist. I don't want a man therapist. Uh, I don't know if it's a sort of um looking for a mother figure, <laughs> but I couldn't take a man therapist seriously because I don't take men seriously. Uh, like you know, some lad fixing you because we can't fix ourselves. But I remember at one point he um I was telling him something and he asked me a question, and it was like he, the, he wasn't listening to me, and I said uh, I asked him why did he ask that question. And I kind of challenged him a bit, and he sort of went. Uh, I think that's enough time. I think we've we've reached our our time limit. And I was like, I fucking I caught you out there, and then you're just pulling the clock on me. So, I, I it didn't do anything for me at all. I couldn't couldn't get into it. Now, anyone I speak to who does therapy is like you're a bollocks. Go back and fucking have another go at it. But uh, I don't know. Are some people not suited for therapy?
0: No, some people you you got the wrong therapist. Yeah totally like that that happens and the thing about most therapy therapists you'll go in for the first session and it will just be like let's find out if we like each other you don't have to pay for this session just we'll just chat and then you can decide whether you want to come back and uh, i can decide if i want to take you on as a patient not you know it doesn't it's not going to cost you anything that's the way that that the first
2: first date kind of thing
0: first date yeah and then and then after Mm. yeah if, if it's not working for you if you're not enjoying it you feel like you can't open up you're in the wrong place with the wrong person you know and that's That's very understandable, you know, there could be something... I think that
2: was the key. Yeah, but you haven't done... All I could think about is, like, this costs, like, 70 quid. Fuck this. Uh,
0: (laughs) But also, you haven't done any of the work on yourself yet, so you're not ready to open up to someone you don't like. Do you know what I mean? And you have already have your preconceived ideas of who he is and what he's asking you and why he's asking you, and you're also guarded for whatever reason in your you don't want to let him know what what you're really like and what you're really thinking. So all those things are going on. But then you sit in with the right person and you go, you know what, I don't give a fuck. Not that I don't care what this person thinks, but I know this person is an inherently good person and I can tell them what I need to tell them and they won't judge me and I can be honest. And that's just finding the right person. Um but it does like like you were saying about being in that place where you're just looking you're not able to live in the present. You're not able to sit with yourself. You're not able you're not content uh it really just helps with that because i mean you're quite good anyway you 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 do a lot of writing and a lot of creative stuff and you you probably channel a lot of your your shit into your writing your your comedy no not as
2: much no. not as much as i used to um i definitely wrote more i think the the the, the worst the worst the worse your living situation is the better you write um like when I was living in Otter Squalor, that was the, my most creative period. But then as you get older, your house gets a bit nicer and you kind of, you're more comfortable just sitting down, <laughs> looking around you. So um, I think I need to rent like a really, really shit one bedroom flat <laughs> and uh, live there for a couple of weeks. Um, Do you not think though? But that I think, that,
0: uh, go on. That. Do you not think
2: though? No, like I have a, I've a kid on uh, coming on the way and I think that changes everything, because our generation puts off kids for so long that we spend our entire 20s and most of our 30s um, just over analysing ourselves and what's my place in the world and what is life and happiness. And as soon as you have a kid, like, that just goes out the window because you, you don't have the luxury of self analysis. Um so I'm, I'm hoping this child will fix all my emotional <laughs> problems.
0: you seem to have it worked out there man Uh, yeah
2: am i on to something
0: i'm not sure i'm not sure i think you found a distraction i think that's the thing yeah when you i think when you moved out of your squalor and you moved into a slightly you know a nicer house and you kind of things settled down for you and had a bit maybe had a bit of money coming in like you were you were able to find distractions and maybe a child Mm. would be a distraction And I think that's that worked for me up until my kids got to the age of 12 and 17, 18, and they didn't really need me anymore. So the distraction was gone. I wasn't like. So your your job then for those 12, 13, 14 years is to make sure you bring in the money like come hell or high water, make sure there's enough money to pay the mortgage. And that's your purpose. You know, that's your. Mm. And then when they stop, when they start going off you or not needing you as much anymore. And then your wife might be working and the mortgage might be everything. And then you kind of go, what the fuck is my purpose? Like, I just spent the last, you know, 15 years doing this job. And nobody mm. need, nobody needs me to do it anymore. And then you then you kind of go, OK, and it's when you like when you when you're my son really reminds me of me. Right. And first of all, I want to say congratulations. I don't want the moment to pass. Without, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I, 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 I thought congratulations in my head. so. Um, so when my son got to a certain age, 11, 12, like when I was his age, when I when I was young and I was his age, I had a particularly tough time at home and mm. it all came flooding back so I could just see myself. And I think that, uh, on top of a few other things happening for me, made me go, oh, fuck, shit, okay, this is not good. And that's where I started losing, not losing grip or control, but just, I so I think I just need to go and talk to somebody now to figure all this shit out. So children can be interesting, but they can also reflect. They can also be, if you have a son or whatever, like there can be moments where you go, oh, "Shit, that's me," or, 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 like you're going to be a good dad or whatever. Like I was a good father, you know, and the 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 contrast between your son's life and your life becomes very stark. Then all of a sudden, mm. and you're like, well, "How the fuck could anyone do that to a child of that age?" And that, and you're talking about yourself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So children can be a blessing and they can also bring their own, uh, they can they can also make you question yourself as well.
2: Yeah, I remember having a big fear, like we've, um, we've a girl on the way. I remember having a big fear that it was going to be a boy because, like I remember, like I had a great father. Um, but there was obviously lots of things I did and ways I turned out that probably disappointed him very privately, you know. Um, like I was awful at football I fucking My first attempt at driving like, I crashed the jeep So I didn't drive for like years after that It's just a lot of things Like mostly masculine country boy things That I just was crap at um, Now he would have never said this to me really But I, I could feel his disappointment And I had a huge fear that uh, The disappointment I felt in myself I would reflect on my son If he didn't live up to Ideals I had you know which is probably the reason why fathers uh, <laughs> kick the shit out of their sons is they're they're seeing something in them reflect they're seeing themselves reflected in in their children, and uh, it's ang- it's angered inwards uh, projected out onto them.
0: Yeah, I think if uh, there's a certain amount of frustration with the cer- with the generation before us, but we don't really have that frustration. You know, we don't, so we're not really we've a lot more they didn't have a lot of choices Mm. and that and that and not having the choices and sort of ending up in a position where like at least now at this age i can go okay i want to do i'm going to do something completely different it doesn't it doesn't matter i'm not like i'm not like in a in a in i haven't decided who i am yet even though in in days gone by in days gone by you'd have been getting ready for retirement you know you've been thinking oh yeah
2: just fucking. Yeah, you want to get your act together, Keith. Just,
0: just going to ride this job out for the next few years, and then it's then I'm an easy street. Except then, when you retire, you have a heart attack, and that's it. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I don't think, I don't think you would. You see, you you've sort of fulfilled. I mean, you didn't fulfil your dad's dreams necessarily, but you've managed to fulfil some of your own. So you wouldn't. You you when your son comes along, and your daughter as well you will be happy for them to do whatever the fuck they want because you're kind of fulfilled in a lot of ways. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's lots more you want to do and lots of things you want to do. But for the most part, you've you've been allowed to give it a shot.
2: Ah, yeah. And like not to uh, I'm not down, um, down talking my parents. That's not a word. Uh, I'm not giving out about my parents, like because they they were very much sure, as long as you're happy, we're happy kind of thing, you know, um, I do remember Like Doing comedy For about a year And you're still Getting paid Nothing Like you'd be lucky To get 20 quid For a gig You know And I remember Like helping my father uh, Doing the fathering And He was asked Like he he could sense The frustration in him As he was like Throwing silage Like directly Into the face Of these cattle (laughs) And he was like what 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 are you doing anyway? What you what if if you, you, you gigs coming up or what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got a gig on Tuesday night in um in the international bar. And he's like, how much are you getting paid for that? It wasn't even the inter; it was uh, the comedy crunch or something. How much how much are you getting paid for that? I was like, oh, about twenty quid. I think I actually lied. I was probably only getting fifteen. And I remember he just threw down the grape in frustration, and he was just like, "What the fuck are you at?" And like, fair play to them; they didn't give me that much shit. They let me whack away for a, nearly a decade, really, before there was any kind of progress made. So, um, yeah, no, they were they were very understanding. They weren't like sending me off to military school or, um, send, you know, wanting me to become a solicitor or anything.
0: But there's the whole, you see, like that generation had that thing of if you don't don't do X, Y and Z, you'll be left on the scrap heap, you know? Yeah, totally. Like like being left behind was the biggest fear, you know, (laughs) like because all they can see is time marching forward. And the idea that you might be left behind by your peers is the worst thing that can befall anybody, you know, whereas we could probably see it a little bit differently, you know?
2: Yeah, uh, I see at the time I was just like the dole is so great. <laughs> <laughs> I literally I literally there's a, such a wonderful safety net there. I, I don't see any problem with chasing these ridiculous dreams. Um, you were right, though. Have you, have your kids any desire to go into show business?
0: I don't think so. My daughter is looking at uh, doing something like communications in college. Uh, so mm. that, that I suppose that's media, isn't it? Um, and my son, is uh, he's a scooter rider. So have you ever seen a skateboarder?
2: I've seen a skateboarder, <laughs> Keith, yes.
0: You know what a skateboarder looks like. <laughs> kind of looks like me. He's got a backwards cap and he rides on a board with four wheels. That's a skateboarder.
2: Yeah.
1: So Bart my, Simpson.
0: Like Bart Simpson. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly. But not yellow. Um, But my son. So like,
2: he wants to be a scooter. A scooterer. Yeah.
0: He has a scooter, so he, they're, they're called scooter riders. So he he'll do tricks on a scooter, like backflips, and uh, I don't know. There's all these different. It's very technical. It's a growing sport. You, you, you can, and is uh, is
2: he hoping to have a career in this, Keith? Because
0: well, I'm sure he's. I'm, I'm not. He's not looking to get into showbiz. He's only twelve, so he's a long way to go. Yeah, but
2: he'd want to. He'd want to get his act together.
0: If there was a circus, I could send him away with it or something. <laughs> But Do you uh,
2: remember what your career guidance teacher told you?
0: Um, I don't think so, but I remember saying that I wanted to be an actor and uh, he didn't really seem to mind. He didn't tell me anything else. Mm. What was your... Uh, what was your <laughs> he didn't
2: tell you anything else. Basically, he just sort of shut down and said, next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He said, oh, look, we're out of time, Keith. Oh, look, we're... Out.
2: <laughs> uh, I just remember uh, we had a lad, and he just basically told everyone, kind of engineer or teacher. He had two stamps, um, and depending on your mentality, he'd he'd say you should be an engineer or you should be a teacher. Um, I it's just it's I, I remember it's so different now, because um, I remember thinking like I w- I went to do animation, and I remember even thinking that. That was the craziest shit. Like that's really reaching for the stars. animation, you're basically drawing cartoons. Um, but I'm almost jealous of like kids nowadays because their dreams are so much uh, so much higher and loftier than ours because they're they're they're' they've been exposed to every kind of possible job uh, on the internet. That they know exactly want to do uh, what they want to do when they're like fifteen years old. They're like, "Oh, yeah, I want to be a shoe designer for rappers." You're like, "Fair enough, man. Go on, go have at it." <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, if you're a career guidance teacher uh, and your job is to like pick good jobs, how come you're a career guidance teacher? Like, <laughs> surely you think- use your own knowledge to get a better job. Yeah,
0: Jesus, you would. Why don't you be
2: a fucking engineer, Mister <laughs> Riley? <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, they have a different, they have a totally different outlook now. And I don't think, I think, careers of the future will be just a, a collection of side hustles. You know, you'll just be doing a few bits on the side. You won't have a main job, really. You know, you're kind of like my, 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 uh, my daughter goes out with this her boyfriend. He, in school, he used to buy these very expensive shoes. If they came up online, he'd, he'd, you know. He 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 was I don't know I don't I don't even know how to explain what the fuck he did but he he'd buy these expensive trainers you know yeah he
2: knew where
0: he knew how to flip them so he'd sell them on then for you know an extra fifty or whatever and yeah 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 that was his money that's what got him through school and that's kind of what he does in college like just just for just as a little side hustle you know how the fuck do you find out about that shit
2: I seen the documentary about some kid who was doing that um. Yeah, and he like basically became a millionaire doing it. Just flipping shoes. But um, I, bet, I
0: bet you had a bit of a... Were you an entrepreneur when you were growing up? Because when I was growing up... I remember,
2: absolutely not.
0: Oh, <laughs> I remember Like the, my. Going, to go the neighbor, going around the neighbours with a bucket and a sponge, cleaning their cars. Uh, I remember I had a paper round. Um, a guy used to pay me... Did you
2: grow up in 1950s America?
0: Yeah, <laughs> this guy used to pay me... Uh, he had a vegetable warehouse in Athlone. He used to pay me. He used to t- he used to say take a take a box of bananas there in- instead of instead of the paper money and I'd sell them yeah. to the shop. Um, wow so I-, I always had s- shit going on you weren't you weren't, you weren't
2: the- no i'm I'm always kind of jealous. I'm in awe of those kind of kids. Like my brother would be like that since my brother was twelve, like he was selling coal like fucking Frank McCourt. Um, he was. He it's yeah. He was he. He started off like um, there's a coal man used to come up from Derry, and he would sell coal to the people of Cavan. And my brother was twelve, so he'd show him where everyone lived. And then eventually he sort of took over the route. And like Ryan would do stuff like he'd head down to the. My dad would never throw out Anton, so we had a yard full of scrap metal. And Ryan would just go down and fill up a trailer and just sell it for scrap. And like he never asked anyone, was he allowed to do this? And I was sort of standing there with my mouth open, like the little bastards after get, getting seven hundred quid from shit lying around. No, I was, I'm, I'm still am. I'm clueless with money. I'm really, really bad at money. I don't know how to make it. Um, I just sort of do jobs and hope that nobody sends me a letter with red writing on it. You know, it's basically how I operate my financial plan.
0: How did you? when did you get what we let me just when you got the gig with the Republic of Telly, what were you mm. do, what were you doing? I presume you were just gigging. Had things had the gig started going better, were you getting paid more than 20 euro? How long had you been at
1: it?
2: Yeah, um let me think. I suppose I'd been at it about four or five years. I'd done um let me see. I had done hardy books um and I think I had finished Myself and uh poor Connerty had f- made a feature film, and I'd done lots of small roles and stuff like that um sketches and a couple of ads and stuff like that, so I was tricking around I was surviving you know um so yeah, that was it No, I had a bit of experience, but you know it was it was still a a big break for me, like you know,
0: so you were gigging away. Somebody came to see when you are you you're you're around R.T. anyway, or did, like, how did I you- yeah, well
2: I done um I done some stuff with Republic Itali, I think. I'd done some sketches with them definitely. So they had seen me. I think I've um,
0: seen you in the uh doing some of the drinking Irish people and drink sketches, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um and a Doctor Who sketch, but not that much really. Um I think it was the fact uh the Chris Tordoff, who was busy, he started Hardy Books. He was working on Republic at the time, so he probably, the fact that he had got me in for sketches probably went a long way, you know?
0: And uh, so is that Viper, is it?
2: Yep. So, that is the Viper. So, the so Hardy I, still B- get, I still get mistaken for him. Do you? Yeah. To the point where people get thick and I eventually have to pretend I am him. Like I'll be in the pub and some go, "Here, fucking, you're a viper aren't you? I'm like, I'm not actually. Oh, don't be a bollocks man, just fucking take a photo. I'm like, no, no, honestly, I swear to God man. Like I I know who you're talking about, I'm actually good friends with him, I used to live with him. He goes, no, no, you're fucking him, just don't be a fucking dickhead man. They're like, alright, yeah, I am him, take the photo, please. (laughs) Um, What were you asking me, sorry?
0: Did you get mistaken for me as well?
2: I do get mistaken for you as well, yeah. Well, you and Chris Tordoff,
0: but that's a- and
2: um, some lad from. There's a lad called the Professor in a drama series called The Heist. Is it called The Heist? I don't know. Let me. Uh, this will mean nothing to the people online, but uh, there's a lad Some randomly lad will go, "Here, man, you're you're the fucking professor, aren't you?" I'm like, "What? You're the professor on that show, The Heist." And uh, they'll show me this picture now. To and, be fair, and I be like, do. Can you see that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Money heist, the professor. You, Money heist. That's it. it. Money heist, the professor. The, the beard, the hair. Yeah.
2: Shaggy hair. Yeah. You got the, you've got Serious the serious-looking lad. Yeah. yeah. Oh come on now! I can
0: see that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, and w- so, what was your involvement with the with with um, the Hardy books, then? And how did you get to meet? those lads
2: um i was doing a gig off grafton street some little pub off grafton street and um my ex flatmate was a co-working with the viper in the cinema i think and they came to see me and then we just got chatting after and then um i think hardy books had literally just started on youtube and uh, I invited him back to watch uh, Starship Troopers uh, in my uh, little flat. Ooh. So we watched Starship Troopers and I gave him a DVD of stuff uh, I had worked on myself. And then he just... They were at that stage where they were literally, if they met you in a pub, they'd say, I should come down to Mayo and do a, do a bit for Hardy Books. So um, that was it. They invited me down to do a small bit. And I knew that if I gave myself a good name, that they'd put it up on the title so I was like my name's going to be Simcard and they were like that's a fucking brilliant name I was <laughs> <So>, yeah <laughs> happy enough that I thought of it on the bus on the way down um, and that was it they just kept uh, kind of became more of a, a staple of a character then
0: yeah there's some good bits and, and it, I, I I don't know if you're on TikTok you're probably not on TikTok I'm
2: not no because I'm not a child uh, <laughs> I honestly would feel like a paedophile if I said a TikTok. Yeah, I just, I just, it's too young for me, man. Like I'm already, I I, I waited years to join Instagram, and uh, I, I just TikTok is just a, it's a step too far.
0: But you're who be looking at you? Who do you care? Like,
2: who? Cares? I, I know. I'm not. I'm not. Listen. I'm not judging you or anybody else, uh, our age for <laughs> joining it. But I just can't. Uh, I can't bring myself to do it. Well, you what look, would I be doing, dancing?
0: There's some brilliant, uh, <laughs> some brilliant Hardy books uh, clips. So people just share clips. Oh, really? And there's great Viper clips. There's one guy who has an account where he just shares clips of the Viper. Um, oh, he's a genius. So you're, you're quite big uh, on tic- You're quite big on TikTok, Kevin.
2: Me or the Viper?
0: You like because you're in a lot of the clips. Like there's uh, there's the conversation that you have in the back of the chipper van. I think. Um, oh yeah. We we're trying to come up with an idea about something, and uh, fucking can't even remember. Anyway, but, but there's lots of clips of the Hardy books on TikTok. So whether whether you like it or not, you're on it.
2: Okay, I'll have to have a little snoop around. You'll
0: have, to have a look at least, yeah.
2: I'll have to put my put on a, a backwards baseball cap and uh, try and appear younger.
0: I think once you look younger, <laughs> a bit of just for men in the beard for me. Uh,
2: backwards
0: <laughs> baseball cap, you get away. with I that. actually
2: had. I had a script written for an episode that never got made, that was very, um, very apt for the current pandemic. I had a script written where this, the the um, a duck flu arrives in Ireland, like a sort of a swine flu, but just w- with ducks. People have been grinding up ducks for burgers, and um, so the duck flu arrives, and the lads see an opportunity to make money, so they break into a hospital and they they rob a load of um, sort of PPE gear. Now this would be obviously hugely insensitive to do now, (laughs) but um, they break in and they rob a load of um, sort of already used masks and bandages and all this kind of crack in in an attempt to sell it to the townsfolk. And at the same time, the viper becomes incredibly paranoid of germs, so he buys one of these big orbs, you know, the big inflatable orbs, (laughs) to protect himself and he's just going around the town in a massive orb just sort of enjoying himself like knocking over pints invading football pitches and uh, just generally being a bollocks um but towards the end of the episode the the orb eventually because it's basically touched everyone in the town it's just a walking ball of disease so um the lads decide the only way to 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 stop him is to dig a massive hole in the ground and then get a massive telephone pole, and then use the telephone pole like a pool cue to knock the orb into the hole, and uh, then they cover him up with dirt. And uh, <laughs> I can't believe that never got made. <laughs> it would have been so ahead of its time, Keith. That should
0: have been the movie. That should have been the movie, yeah. should have been
2: the movie, man. <laughs> that should have been... The... It's, should I, like
0: the
2: idea of, I like the idea of six men playing a giant game of pool yeah. with a big telephone pole.
0: You should call them now. Hardy books three. Is that, what movie are they on now? They
2: um, haven't made two yet. I
0: have done that number. be the Hardy books part two. How did you enjoy? How did you find the experience of presenting the show? Like, uh, so you went from stand-up to television. What was the? Tra- yeah. What was that transition like? Like, I mean, te- um, I, mean, it- I, mean I mean, I mean, television because you were doing sketches, you were doing bits and pieces. But I mean, like, like anchoring a television show, like presenting.
2: Um it was it was a little bit stressful, but very enjoyable and um yeah, it did feel like you're like oh Christ, yeah, this is what it's been building up to all this all this work um it was very enjoyable, like I loved like having a live audience every week was a great um, just so much excitement, and the energy you get from a live audience uh was great and you kind of felt we felt um felt like we could get away with stuff we felt like nobody was really paying any attention to us which is probably true but uh it did feel it did feel weird because you're slagging off RT shows constantly and like you realize like you look back and i feel guilty now some of the things you say about people especially like the abuse we used to give ray d'arcy and brendan o'connor and the, late, late, and the Fair City um, I like, I'd, I'd feel embarrassed now but at the time you were like lads we need to fill five minutes I'm sorry I'm going to shoot you in the head but I'm sorry it's my job like it was because I, I think we did piss off a lot of people because you're also the budget was tiny so you're filming sketches in a corridor right next to a lad's desk where you're roaring Bernard where's your trousers? like next to a lad whose show you slagged off the week before like, I'm surprised we weren't assassinated at one point, you know? Yeah,
0: because we did a lot of that, like, on the breakfast show, it was, we, we took the piss out of Ray RC a lot. Um, and, <laughs> but we, we felt we had good reason. Hear us out now. And I'll just speak for myself on this, because there was two other people on the show, but I'm just to speak for myself. So we, sure. when we, when we got, when we took over from Hector, so Hector was doing the breakfast show on two FM, then we took over. And then Hector did a sort of a after he left two FM, he did an interview with with uh, Ray Darcy. Mm. Uh, and so this is like this is how we justified it. So R- Ray Darcy interviewing like Hector and basically saying Ray egging him on, telling him he was shafted and like who are these who are these gum beans who are after taking over from you? They're ages. Oh
2: a shot fired.
0: And Now it's shite anyway without you, Hector, and all that kind of stuff. So we were like, yeah, right, fair game, fair game. Fair game. Um, so that was our reason with Ray. And also because we could do, I could do a good Ray, and I kind of sound like him, so you know, it was easy. And as you say, like it's easy. If you could do something, just do it, you know. Um yeah. But Ronan Keaton was one person who I don't really know why we slagged off Ronan Keaton. That's just like almost like an easy target, and I can't really I can't really justify it to myself now, and I do feel embarrassed. <laughs> Um, especially his his now wife Who was Storm Keating And we found at one point That her name wasn't Storm Her name was Sharon And uh, that was hilarious for us That her name was actually Sharon And not Storm and-
2: Storm Keating sounds like an ad You'd see on telly Like very late at night On, uh, on, on TV3 It's like Are you prepared for the winter? You need Storm Keating like a J JLS ad or something.
0: Keating protects, um. But uh, yeah, so we. So I get I get what you're saying, and then you'd meet people afterwards, and you're like, "Oh Jesus, yeah, that was bad." I mean, um. Uh, Ray actually, I think, like, came up to. Well, he was very cold with me, very frosty with me. Mm. Uh, and he would kind of like, he'd, he'd be pissed off because he maintained he, he that he used to throw it on with his kids in the car and then and then we'd be on and go, oh, oh, I'm Red Arcee. Oh. Um Yeah. And that would piss him off, which is fair enough, you know. But also I think, yeah. But also I think like, like why? Don't be so sensitive, you know what I mean? It's just a bit of crack.
2: Yeah, uh, like I can definitely see both sides of it. There was somebody telling me a story. Yeah, where they were they had slagged off Ray Um unmercifully. And it was the same thing. He was sitting watching telly with his kids and these dickheads come on and start ripping the piss out of him. And um you can totally see, God, it is it's it's, it's like schoolyard bullying, really. Um but at the same time I justified it at the time because we were going like, listen, we, we have to get so, we have to fill something. We have to fill time every fucking week. And it's when something daft happens on the Late Late Show or on the Ray Darcy Show, you're thanking Christ. You're like, "Oh my God, we had nothing, and now we have this." Um, yeah, that you was, did feel you you felt like a hired gun.
0: But that was your job, wasn't it? Like basically, I'm that's that's the-
2: what I mean. Like you're you're like, yeah. I I have I have to do this. I'm sorry, <laughs> as you're as you're polishing your gun. I'm like I'm so sorry. <laughs> i have to do this (laughs) it's
0: the only reason i'm here like if i don't do it, then they'll get rid of me and get someone else in that'll do
2: it i like i I, if you know people always say like would you do if will they bring back republic telly um i'd really rather not go back into that slagging off telly like there is there's bigger targets there's 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 um like even a political show it's much you would feel much more comfortable slagging off politicians than slagging off people on telly just trying to make a, a decent program you know
0: do you think it's okay maybe we're just getting mature Keith. do you think it's okay then if someone <laughs> slags off Leo for Adkar do you think that's do you think he's fair game like?
2: I think first of all depending on the slag and depending on the slag and depending on the politician Um, like I remember like yeah like fucking Jeremy Clarkson I remember Jeremy Clarkson slagging off that Scottish lad for having one eye, oh, and yeah. you're like Jesus Christ, Jer- Jeremy. Like that's not fucking cool, or smart, or clever, or funny. Um. So yeah, yeah. Obviously, you slag them off for their policies. If they have shitty policies, then yeah, what I think about, fair fucking game. What about they're Leo? making enough money as well?
0: What about Leo down the park with his with his fella and a few friends, and they're having a having a can, and he's got his top off. Is he allowed to have his? <laughs>
2: No, he should have been wearing a full three-piece suit. (laughs) Uh, No, I I, I, I don't give a shit about that. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on um, since this pandemic. There's a lot of uh, shaming. Um, Like, it's it's one thing when somebody posts a video of a pub with 60 people kissing and shifting and jumping on top of each other and sharing a cup um, full of 7-Up and vodka... Like, yeah, that's not on. But then you see people posting videos of like like seven people hanging around outside a pub and like they're they're kinda like, you know, maybe a meter apart and they're not wearing masks. You're like, Oh fucking give it a rest, will you lads? I think it's just people looking for they're looking for those outrage likes. Yeah. I'm, they're looking I'm, to get a shitload of likes.
0: I uh I saw somebody put up a video where they they basically wandered down South William Street in Dublin and sort of took a little video and those they were appalled. Yeah, and shocking. They were yeah. shocked and appalled. <laughs> yeah. There was people out on the street, and I was like, lads, fucking relax. Like that's yeah, not that's not, relax. that's not what we need to be worrying about here. That's the least of our worries. You know, it's the stuff you can see that we need to be worrying about. That's and the, but also I went down. I went to I live near the Curra and I went for a walk on the Curra. Which is out in the middle of nowhere, and there's the the cur is huge, and I guarantee mm. you there was more people on the car that day walking around like like that's it than, than south william street you know it, it <laughs> you
2: yeah, know? that's it um it's i don't know it's a it's a weird um it's a weird kind of snitching it's it's weird like somebody compared it to cause remember after that South William Street thing. The government announced... I don't think it went ahead. The government announced they're going to put a ban on uh, takeaway pints. And somebody on Twitter described it as, well done, man. You've basically just told the teacher that she forgot to give us homework on a Friday evening. (laughs) Yeah, dickhead. (laughs) And that's the same mentality. It's the little... um, It's the kids who used to give out milk in school.
0: But can you see how quickly... And because because I'd noticed some of these people, and I I'd have, it's, it's I know we're talking specifically about Twitter here, but I, there's there's some people on Twitter that I followed for years, and it's amazing how they've become, they've gone from being hipster cool, I love I love books and round glasses and hanging out in South William Street, and now they're fucking telling teacher on everybody, and yeah, it's, it's almost militant, and it's the same people are going, what 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 happened to you? You you know you used to be, you used to be cool, like what you used it?
2: to be cool, man. They're, they've become, yeah, is,
0: they they become is it they become the 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 grown-ups the fucking annoying grown-ups. Is
2: know. it uh maybe it's just age. Maybe it's just we all It's like that Batman quote, uh you either die a hero or you you live long enough to become an absolute dickhead. <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly misquoting
0: That sounds good to me. We're all getting old. We're all getting old. We're not all turned into dickheads, you know.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's what Um I mean. that's it. My world my world has just become a lot smaller in this pandemic. I try not to look, um, try not to look at the internet too much, because at the end of the day, like you're basically you're buying food for your, the immediate people in your life. That's uh, that's become my <laughs> that's your my day to day. Apart from the old bit of work, it's like my day to day is just buying food for this house, um, and your world just becomes smaller. Like I, the 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 rise of conspiracy theories in the last couple of years has been insane and it's all down to people just spending way too much fucking time on the internet get the fuck off the internet because it's driving you insane like all these um there's a couple of people that i i was very i was good friends with like and they've just gone down this rabbit hole of um anti maskin and george soros and you know, it's like, oh, do you what they're planning on doing, man? They're planning on, they're planning on putting a chip inside your body so that they know where you are at all times. I was like, man, you're talking to me on a fucking telephone that's in your pocket, that has location settings, that knows exactly how you vote, what you bought last, how much money you spend, what you do for a living, and all the people in your life that you're connected to. They don't fucking... The last thing they need is to stick a fucking chip up your hole because you're carrying it around in your front pocket. And it's... Uh, it, they're just spending way too much time on the internet. I take take all these um, take all these anti-maskers and anti vaxxers and put them on an on an Aran Island where they just help out a farmer for about six months and they've no phone, and their life will just be monumentally happier because all the shit they're worried about doesn't affect them in the slightest.
0: It's it, it, yeah. Look, it, you see, I don't know about the internet. <laughs> you see. Like, if you think of the witch hunts in England, take 15th century England. right? I don't think they had the Internet back then. They definitely didn't have Twitter like Internet might have just started. Uh, so did Bebo. So around that time, there was a plague or I don't know whether it was the Black Death or something, but people were dying anyway and no one could figure out why they were dying and the doctors yeah. there, and the, the the usual medical people weren't able to help. So. So, well, we've
2: tried bleeding them; it has it hasn't worked.
0: <laughs> so somehow it became a thing that people decided that certain people that lived in their community were, had put a curse on the community, and yeah. they were making the community everybody in the in the village sick. And they were in fact witches, and that they mm. should be burned at the stake, or at least we need to find out if they are a witch. So they had these big witch trials that went on for whatever many years. So. I kind of feel even without the Internet, you're going to get these people like if like we are at the point now where we're just about to start pointing the finger and calling people on South William Street witches, you know, we're mm. we're almost at that time we're we're we turn we're we're turning on each other. It's turning on each other time.
2: Yeah, um, I do see that Well, like the whole the witches, the whole thing with witches, though, um, a lot of that was that was before the period of enlightenment, really. Where we are still religious, Lulas, women had no rights. Like a lot of witches were burnt, basically because they were single women who had land. And if you're a farmer next door to a single woman who has no husband to stick up for, it's very easy to just say like, oh, that chick's a witch. Let's burn her." And uh, I'm sure I'll just take her land when she's done it. Um. So it made the, it possible. the witch hunt.
0: It made it possible. Huh? It made it possible for someone to say that person's a witch. For everyone to yeah. agree.
2: That's but like I'd I'd kind of blame religion for that though. Yeah, maybe. Um, because you could just you could just get away with Anthony with a babble in your hand. Um but yeah, I see what you mean. Like it's South like, William Screet uh, witch which which hunts.
0: It's like the idea of the useful idiot, you know what I mean? Like where and this is kind of conspiracy theory territory as well, whereas it's kind of handy if you and your mates are going around saying three five G has caused. COVID. It can, that's probably handy for somebody and it's you find that these rumors are being pushed out on the internet to, to,
2: to well the- it's it's um conspiracy theories are very uh, convenient because they put a logic to an inherently illogical world like the world is a fucking chaotic mess um and there's no rhyme or reason to most of it at all so it's very it's very easy, it's comforting for someone to say, oh no, it's, the world isn't a chaotic mess, it's just there's a couple of evil lads, and they're doing evil stuff. So we just need to stop the evil lads. And it's it paints the world in very simplistic comic book terms. But unfortunately, the world's just a ball of shite. Like you look at any time, like the Trump administration, people are saying like, oh, the American government, uh, all these conspiracy theories, like they're... Uh, they're able to kill JFK, and they're able to fucking do all this mad shit. Uh, the last administration was such an unmitigated disaster; like they couldn't even book a, a press conference at, at a hotel correctly. And like, I, I, I honestly have, I don't have that much faith in our leaders to be intelligent enough to uh, control us, because they can't do anything. Can't, we can't build a hospital in this country without going haywire.
0: But but is it not just all about distraction? (laughs)
2: It's not just
0: keep the idiots distracted with thoughts of fucking aliens and cyber war and fucking you know, give them booze and drugs and then, then we can just you know, there's a certain amount, is there not a certain amount of control going on?
2: Um Not from our government, I mean
0: No, no
2: Um I think our government is just mostly cronies.
0: The fluoride in the water.
2: (laughs) That is a weird one. I I will admit, the whole fluoride in the water thing, it is a bit strange. Because I I remember reading that um, in government buildings, they've got, uh, there's a company basically where you can defluoridize your water and on their website they were like uh we've uh, we've got we've got many happy customers including the Irish government and it's like all the government buildings have it i'm like yeah it's a bit suspicious but i don't know as i said uh, my world is just a lot smaller i don't have time for conspiracy theories because no. yeah. un- until they actually affect my tiny little world i'm not um Good place I'm to not be. gonna get too up in arms about it.
0: I remember you saying on uh, on stage one time uh that you weren't you felt like you weren't de- you like you weren't depressed enough to uh I don't think you quite said to make a living out of it. But to, to...
2: No <laughs> I probably did. Yeah, I, I felt I wasn't I'm not depressed enough to talk about being depressed. Um Like it's it's pretty it's become um, it's become quite a trendy thing, dare I say, to talk about being depressed in Ireland. Um like Brezi and Blind Boy Um loads of people talk about being depressed and I, I've got a very annoying level of depression where it's um it's not debilitating, it's annoying to me, but it's not enough to warrant sympathy uh, and it's it's a fucking really annoying level of depression, basically. And uh, Brezzy, like I do, I don't want to say anything bad about Brezzy, but he's too good looking to talk about depression. I'm sorry. Like if Brezzy looked like the elephant man, I'd be like, all right, man, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. But he looks like a drone of Superman. Like have you ever seen him in the flesh, he's a glorious man. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think if I was like Brezzy, getting up in the morning, I'd be like, oh, God, I'm so depressed. But then I'd look in the mirror and be like, at least I look like this. (laughs) (laughs) as you as you kick several women out of your bed
0: (laughs) that's the beauty of it though because you're like wow if Bresley can feel bad like that then 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 it's okay for anyone to feel bad like that
2: see i think the opposite i think if that lad's depressed what the fuck hope do the rest of us have (laughs) (laughs) no but i'll not say a bad word about him i I, um he is a lovely lad (laughs) Tell us about your It's just too fucking good looking to be depressed Tell
0: us, tell us about Before I let you go Because I've had you for long enough Tell us about your new show it's Starting in the new year is it?
2: Oh yeah um, Is it a history? we got a new show Yeah um, It's a panel show They're doing Tentatively Or are dipping their toes Back into the world of panel shows Scared. It's called Clear History It's myself uh, It's Joanne McNally And Colin Murphy Every week With uh, some guests from the world of comedy and politics and everywhere else It's basically um, moments from your life that you wish you could erase Those kind of moments where you, you know when you wake up at like 2 o'clock in the morning And you're like, ah fuck Just remember that time I forgot my cousin's wife's name uh, At a wedding God that was embarrassing Uh, Those moments to sort of keep you up at night and it's an opportunity to clear them completely from history. Uh, and it's we we finished recording there um, a couple of weeks ago. It was it was great crack to make. And what? Colin and Joanne are amazing to have on. Was like it? Joanne is a never-ending geyser of embarrassing stories, <laughs> and Colin's just like incredibly sharp and very very funny.
0: Was it difficult without the live audience?
2: It was a bit weird. Um, like I mean, there's positives and negatives. Without a live audience, you know that if you say something that you regret, you can just cancel it. Ironically, clear it from history immediately. But there is definitely something missing. There's a buzz of a live audience that you just can't recreate. You know. Um, I definitely did miss them. I like I'm less. Uh, I think I'm 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 a lot more funny in front of an audience than I am one to one. Clearly, <laughs> as this <laughs> conversation will go. Um, kind of need a I I do need a bit of a live audience, mm. but we're hoping that you know people will give us a bit of a break because what the fuck else can you do in a pandemic?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think anyone's going to come for you, to be honest with you. But uh, so did you like my? I think the thing that I mostly wake up. I. Yeah. I was at, I was at a wedding once, and uh, I haven't had really had a drink in about a year, but I used to enjoy a drink at a wedding, and it, maybe I'll enjoy a drink again.
2: Yeah,
0: I, especially weddings. Weddings are great for drinking. But um, and I and I generally start breakdancing at some point, you know. Uh, and your
2: poor children.
0: This, <laughs> but well, this is kind of pre children, sort of pre children. Although I have been known to break out the worm which is not my penis, by the way.
2: (laughs) Thank Uh, you for
1: clearing that up.
2: (laughs)
0: uh, So I'll do the worm at a wedding and people will like stand around and go, "Eh, eh, eh," and I'll do the worm across the floor. So people started like chanting for me to do the worm, you know, and I just launched into the worm. And and, uh, It's a funny thing to be so fucking embarrassed about, but I think about it all the time. My, my, the boots I was wearing at the time flipped up and just scraped. I could almost feel it didn't actually hit her full force in the face. But the bride, the bride's mother was sitting on a chair just at the edge of the dance floor. And the, I think it's like I think about how bad it would have been if I'd fucking just yeah. pull on the face at her daughter's wedding. And that's almost like the fact that I didn't is like it's it haunts me that I was so close that I just scraped her face with my boot, with So,
2: the, right after this, did you just like apologize profusely for about a half an hour to her?
0: No, because people had to kind of take me away and explain to me what had happened. <laughs> and, you know, I was put sitting down for a while uh, to cool down with a glass of water. Oh, or, or, God. It was that situation. And then it wasn't, it didn't really bother me at the time. I was like, I didn't fucking, I didn't hear her. I didn't hear her.
2: I didn't hear her. What's a fucking problem? It's the problem. Tell her to fucking relax is <laughs> a word.
0: <I> <laughs> Calm down. What's the problem? I'll fucking fight her, and uh, <laughs> it was only the next day when I woke up and became. I think became the nice person I am normally. I was going, Oh <laughs> my fucking god! If I had kicked her in the face, and that's the thing that haunts me. Uh, my, uh, haunts. Me. That's the two a.m. thought.
2: Yeah, I've I've a lot of them. I've one of them. It's it's such a small thing. I was um. We went to a gig or something. We all I met some old friends from Cavan in um, a pub in Thomas Street, and my friend came in, and um, he was there with his his lovely wife, and I'd been to their wedding a couple of um, months beforehand, and uh, I was like, "Well, how he's getting on?" They're like, "Good." And I was like, "Oh yeah, he's he's in a great mood," you know, trying to make bullshit chit chat and uh i said so you're uh, you're living together now uh i used living in dublin and he was like uh, no no we're not living together no. and i was like that's mad god you know cuz you know it's just not that common to usually people live together and he was like uh, no 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 kevin and i was like any any plans for our kids or anything like that and uh, I was like, he said, Kevin, this is my sister. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at her and sure enough, it was his sister who I'd met. I'd say 20 times, including at the wedding uh, where we chatted for p- probably an hour and danced well into the night. And I, I cannot, I couldn't even explain it. Uh, like they were both blonde That's literally the only thing that connects them And I I was so embarrassed I, I told one person and I just left I just had to go home I couldn't face him Now that You know the way like when you meet somebody again And you're like I wonder is he just thinking about that time Several years ago yeah. That's that's just in my head forever That's never going away Incredibly embarrassing Like I, I, I know both of I know all three people involved in this story Quite well, and I called his sister or his wife. I wasn't even drunk, I think I had maybe half a pint. Oh, that
0: yeah, bad. that's really bad. Yeah, you see, therapy could help you with that type of thing, you
2: know. Therapy, yeah, but like it, 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 it doesn't though. All therapy can do therapy can't wipe it from history. That's what I want. I want them pen from men in black, and I want to meet all the people that I annoyed over the years and like do that. All therapy does is make you okay with then. Um, with those moments I want to erase those moments from their mind not my mind what about so unless I bring them to therapy (laughs) unless I bring my victims
0: what about that? that, that's a TV show Uh, there you go uh, but it's the self flagellation that we need to get rid of that's the thing the the, the guilt the guilt I don't think I don't think other I think it's I think it might be just an Irish thing that we just feel the guilt over stupid things like that which your friend has possibly forgotten about
2: I oh, don't know man I'm afraid to ask him In case I remind him again
0: <laughs> I think you need to Hey
2: do you remember that time I called your sister Your wife um, But yeah you're probably right It's probably a small Little instant But god It it grates on me So basically yeah The show is um, The show is basically Just a sort of Awful Awful moments In people's lives That they want to get rid of Like we've had Great guests We had Professor Luke O'Neill We had uh, Senator Lynn Ruan Who are They were both Fucking amazing um, so we've had great we've had great guests as well
0: I could imagine and I could imagine Lynn Ruan has uh, as many. she's to brilliant. With
2: Joanne McNally she does uh, and she is absolutely no she doesn't give a shit like she just tells it like it is um which is very refreshing for, for a politician to tell the truth <laughs> yeah
0: I had her on the I had her on the podcast she was uh, she was amazing. really excellent guest yeah yeah. She was uh, very open about everything, um as she is. Yeah. But uh but um so when does that start? January, is it?
2: That's in January. I don't know when when, but keep an eye out.
0: I will, I'll keep an eye out. And uh are you have you any gigs lined up for the new year? What's the plan? Are you gonna do any? Are you bothered? No,
2: nothing no. nothing planned. I kind of um when the pandemic hit, I, like most of my mates. We're like, oh god, now I'm gonna move my gigs to September, I'm gonna move my gigs to November. I was like, Man, I am not going near a stage until I have an injection in my arm. Cause it's it's pointless planning Anton, I think.
0: Yeah. But you're But
2: the- although Luke Luke O'Neill says uh we should be back in action come like April. We'll be able to have gigs of like maybe a hundred people.
1: Brilliant.
2: So Luckily, that's exactly the amount of people who are willing to see me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but also you're different. You, when's your when's your daughter due? Is that That's soon enough. You're like your your mindset is different. December
2: sixteenth. Okay, yeah. wow! It's
0: gonna be it's gonna be a great it's, Christmas.
2: It'll be a lovely little Christmas present yeah.
0: First Santa Claus and all that. Um, I'm telling you. Plus, yeah.
2: I save so much money on on birthday presents because that's double up. Just be like you're getting one oh, big yeah, present. Yeah, yeah, Tough shit.
0: Well done. That was very well, very fo- well forward, it's timed forward. perfectly. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> listen, man, thanks very much for chatting to me.
2: Thanks, Keith. It was a lovely little chat.
0: That's all it is. It's just a lovely little chat. I should name. I should rename the podcast "A Lovely Little Chat with Keith."
2: Lovely little chat. Yeah. Is that poster behind you? Homebirds. Is that Homebird design?
0: It's a. Uh, you know, Mazer, the uh, the graffiti artist. Oh yeah, he made some of these during the first lockdown. He made two two hundred of them, and they say Homebird, and they've got a little shamrock behind them. And uh, oh nice. I managed to buy one of them. He he he's put them up for sale, and some of the money went to charity. So, so it's just a reminder. Oh, very good. Yeah, there you go, anyway, and there's me. Just can- re-
2: reminder what you are and where you are.
0: That's a poster of my cancelled tour from for November, November and <laughs> December.
2: <laughs> That'll be. Um, That'll a be uh, a collector's item. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Yeah,
0: my wife can collect it when I die. Um, <laughs> so listen, thanks very much. I will let you go and I know you have to get food for your house.
2: Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's my job for today. Thanks very much, Keith. It was lovely talking to you, man. Thanks, Kevin. We'll uh, see you again in the future.
0: Yeah, mind yourself. Stay in touch. Will indeed. And Go back and find a therapist. That's not, that's, that works.
2: I'll take any recommendations you have. Okay, I want somebody exactly like the one from Sopranos, basically.
0: I heard Tommy Tiernan. like talk, a sassy Italian. Tommy Tiernan talk my therapy, and he goes every he go he goes every few years. He says I can feel it in me, and then I go for like six sessions. And he normally picks women. Um, or, yeah. For the recommended, and he'll go for like he'll, he'll do six sessions, then he's good to go for another few years. So um, that could be your.
2: That you know, could be a good yeah. plan for me because I'm tight. Like you know how tight I am. Yeah, um, course, yeah. So I, I just want I just want six sessions every three years. That'll do me. I'll I'll, I'll spring for that definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, look, keep it in mind, and I'm not. I didn't know you were that tight, so. But now I do.
2: There you go. How much? What is the payment for this uh, podcast?
0: I'll you. I'll send and you. And do I
2: bill you or? Send, do you, oh, you gonna revolute we're of, me? We're actually out of
0: time. We're actually out of time, you there bastard. There you go. That's that. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin.
2: Take care, Keith. We'll talk right, to you, man.
0: So. Good luck. Good luck with everything. Good luck. And baby. Bye, 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 Cheers, bud. <laughs> and that's it. Me talking with Kevin McGarren. Thank you very much, Kevin McGarren. I'm going to keep this outro quick so I can edit it, get it up, because uh, his brand new TV show, Clear History, is starting at half past nine. You won't have heard this before then, but hey, I'll get it up and get it out anyway. As they say, uh, good luck. Listen, if you enjoyed the podcast, do subscribe, like, subscribe, uh, listen, uh, click on something. Click on all the buttons uh, and leave us a review, a good review, and click on the, all the five stars. There is a contributors um, link if you want to contribute some cash, like 50 grand, whatever you have handy. Uh, there's a contributors fee link. Fee? <laughs> contributors? Uh, that's not even the, um, the thing. It's... If you want to give us a few quid, there's a link in the description of the podcast. I'll find out what it's called. It's not contributor. You're not a contributor. You're just a something. I don't know. Anyway, there's a way of giving some money to the podcast, if you like. Uh, in the description, there's a link. Feel free to give us, like, whatever you can spare. 100 grand, 10 grand. Um, and uh, what else? Tell your friends. And uh, if you want to email the podcast, keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or Pod at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you Um, I feel like there's something else that I forgot to say oh yes it is part of the ACAST network so thank you very much to ACAST for your continued support and um, I gotta go to get this up to make sure it's out in time before Clear History starts Uh, thanks Kevin, good luck goodbye, sayonara that's all I'm doing, stop talking unplug this (laughs)